Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 418 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined as always by my mainest man in Easton, Pennsylvania. His name's Willie Saylor. Willie, how are you? Great, grand. You got a new mic stand. Get a new mic stand. I, I got a new mic stand, and then the show started, and the audio got mm-hmm. super crazy, cutting in and out. Mm-hmm. So uh, there, I can hear you. All right, good. To my left, Daniel Roy Lobdell Jr. I just had a thought. So you know how I do oh, the go number for of the episode every time. Yes, you We're do. We're gonna be really screwed when we get into the eleven um, hundreds. <laughs> so <laughs> I need to prepare for that. I think we got time. Yeah, but, I think you need to prepare for that in 2023. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. not if we start increasing the number of shows, we're going to hit it exponentially quicker. Exponentially quicker. Exponentially quicker. It's still years away. See if you can grow a digit by the time we hit 1,100 shows. Oh, Maybe I'll need my sure. feet involved. Yeah, we Maybe need we need to keep you to keep your shoes and socks on. But, yeah, yeah we that 1,100th episode is not that far away. Right uh, around the corner. Straight away in his nice uh, – USA Wrestling Windbreaker that I think was given to him by Daniel Roy was, when he learned of his fatherhood. Fantastic gift. I did. That, is, that, is, that, that was my fatherhood gift to him. Speaking of, I've got uh, – Katie reminded me. I've got – I have stuff for you. I need to bring it before oh, wow. that sweet baby boy comes comes into this world, Stephen. Should be anytime soon now. Well, I was going to give a time frame, but it literally could be any day now. Any day now. But the due date's not till like, November something, yeah, right? Yeah, November 6th. But technically. Anyway. Sometimes they come early. Yes. Mm-hmm. I came 10 days early. As did Caleb. And I was still uh, over 8 pounds. Wow. So if I came. Wow. And since then, you've doubled in size. On the due date, <laughs> I would have been turkey. I would have been an actual turkey. Wow. Turkey-sized Dan. What, what were you guys when you were born? I don't really know. I think I was pretty average. No idea. 8 pounds, 6 ounces. That was what I was. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, this is important. Speaking of weights, we're wondering about Austin Gomez's weight because he was listed as a 141-pound wrestle-off. Well, why would he wrestle off for a weight that he's not going to be at? But that's just what they're going to do. I think it's just for, just for the fun. Get him some mat time. Let him wrestle. He's on his way down to 133, so he says on Twitter. So they're all, because there was a time if Austin was going 41, they would have him. Ian Parker and potentially Etchemendia, all three at the same weight. Big Not crowded. great utility of all that talent, but it sounds like it's going to be 
just fine. So Austin Gomez on his way down to 33, but not before some wrestle off fun at uh, upper weight. I had initially, I didn't know if they were like, are these their wrestle offs or are these their uh, Cardinal and Gold matchups? <laughs> no, man. Well, that's important. Well, it's important because when people go, he's at 141, it's like, okay, but hold on, this is just like an intra squad scrimmage just Willie, done for the fans. Help me, Willie. I can't. No, <laughs> what? I don't know what there to is, say to there's that. There's not even really a such thing as a Cardinal and Gold. I mean, I mean, there know. is, but there, there isn't. Listen, it's it's an exhibition. But that's what it's I'm saying. Exhibition. Some teams Listen, have them as like actual wrestle offs, <sighs> as opposed to just a show for the fans. It's okay. it's just the whole thing's just a show for the fans. Nobody nobody has wrestle offs, and. It's not written in stone that that's the final determination. There's no press release that says, guys, this is going to be the final determination. If uh, <laughs> if X beats Y, um, if X beats Y, Y is never going to start, not even if there's a fire. That, that's not how it goes. So I would say they, they all have – yeah, I was going to say, I think they all have the same value in terms of – Whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. the Cardinal and Gold or WrestleOffs, they mean the same thing. They're like a starting point for your starting lineup. Okay, these are the guys that'll go probably in the first duels, and then um, it's really more of a branding question than anything. Anyways, this is stupid. Um, <laughs> so he'll be he'll be at thirty three. It's interesting because when I talked to Austin, oh during Final X, he was like oh, name drop. <laughs> That's nothing like yours. Um, yeah, and mine was actually – I was doing work. I was interviewing him. It wasn't like, oh, I called – oh, yeah, I was having dinner with Brandon Slay. That's a name drop, okay? Dinner with Olympic champion is different than interviewing college athlete at his school, okay? So learn what a name drop is and isn't, one, Willie. I know two, what it is. I'm just busting your chops. Two, um, he said a very important thing for me is managing my weight properly and doing, doing a good job with that. So I don't know if this means anything to the contrary of that, but the fact that it's going to be a long path down to 133 makes me wonder if it's going to be well, a, another tough year. Remember, too, that um, we, we commented a few weeks ago, uh, I guess back when uh, who's number one was, we commented that they have sort of voluntary workouts, but the the first official start date of practice is pretty close to the competition date and so you can have all the voluntary workouts you want or structured or unstructured practices but until you have the first practice of the year the regular practice of the year um that that's it's difficult to maintain your weight right to really cut to, to really get down from the summer so i think austin will be all right yeah i i agree uh Okay, so that's that's the Cyclone. That's the Dresser Presser. That's Cardinal uh, and Gold. Cardinal and Gold wrestle-off, not wrestle-off situation. Steve and Kyle, hit us up with some uh, Ohio State wrestle-off updates. Yeah, so Ohio State, we talked about some of these preliminary matches yesterday. They went down um, yesterday afternoon. Nothing really surprising. Uh, we talked about Dylan D'Amelio. Um, he had the injury default from his match with J.D. Stickley, so hopefully everything's okay there. Mm. Um, Quinn Kinner won by Tech Fall, so that sets up the match with Luke Pletcher. Um, Malik Heinzelman, Hunter Lucas tomorrow night. Um, 33 will be Jordan Decatur versus Dylan Koontz. 
49, Trey Grenier versus Sammy Sasso. 57, Elijah Cleary, Jane Maddox, just like we thought. Both of Cleary and Maddox were pretty dominant. Um, Carson Carson, Ethan Smith. Um, I think that one was already set. Rocky Jordan, Caleb Romero, though, is one I'm really interested in. Rocky Jordan with a major 13-0 over Fred Sherrill, who's not bad and yeah. been around that program for a long time. Um, 13-0? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Gavin Hoffman, Zach what? Steiner at 84. And then uh, Kevin Snyder picked up a win to take on Colin Moore at 197. Okay. Um, we heard an audible wow from Willie Saylor. Willie, why are you wowing? Well, last year, I mean – Fritz Sherrill's solid. Right. Right. Last year in the wrestle-offs, he uh, he wrestled somebody really tight. I don't know if it was Romero <laughs> or Ethan Smith, but he was really close with somebody in last year's wrestle-offs. And for Rocky to blank him 13-0, I mean, Sherrill's not a rookie. You know, he's pretty solid. So that's the that's eye-opening uh, score anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I think it's a, it's an impressive outing for Rocky, and I think there's a lot of reason to be excited about Rocky coming into this season. Okay, we didn't get any eyes on these, right? <clears throat> Just the ones that will be tomorrow will be broadcast. Correct. Correct. At what time? Live on FlowWrestling.org. Believe seven fifteen Eastern. Let me check that real quick. That's six fifteen Central. So live on Flow, you can watch the Ohio State wrestle-offs. We're excited about that. It's a good way. Is it? 7.15 Eastern, confirmed. Great. Is it replacing our um, Iowa City duels void, at least to an extent? It helps. It'll never. It does help. It'll never replace it. it. You're irreplaceable, Iowa City duels. There's nothing like that noon on a Friday with your boys, eating some food and watching Iowa versus Iowa Central. It was great. So. It was great. Well, great. So we'll take it. We'll take what we can get. Uh, Ohio State wrestle-offs. We'll get real wrestling, real Division One wrestling. It doesn't count officially, but it's what we get right now. And then November 1st is just around the corner. It's uh, This weekend will be wrestle-off central. There are a lot, a lot of wrestle-offs going down around the country, so we'll try to have results for you there. There's always a couple surprising results that we don't expect. Um, so we should have a good It'll bit to talk f- about come Tuesday. It would be a fun article to do, like, the most surprising wrestle-off results. Like, because there have been some – I think a lot of them are Oklahoma State related. <laughs> like, Dean Heil lost. I want to say – did Coleman Scott lose? I forget. There, there's been, like, some Oklahoma State monsters that have, like, lost wrestle-offs before. It may not have been Coleman didn't, Scott. Um, I don't remember. Did O'Connor beat Heilman after Heilman AA'd? Yes. Or? Nope. Well, it was the year he AA'd. <laughs> Something I don't know. Two years ago, is Heilman only a one time? Correct. So yeah, he beat him like I don't want to say did he major him? No, he beat him kind of bad though. Like zero or something. Yeah, it was not super maybe, close. Maybe uh, was Heilman was ranked like fourth or fifth or sixth or something like that, and O'Connor beat him. Maybe that's what it was. Heilman was definitely ranked pretty high preseason at that point. It was it was a pretty pretty solid result. Okay. It wasn't a win, but um, Makai Lewis almost beat David McFadden his true freshman season. It was like 3-2 to two or like in Sun Victory or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. We should have known. Yep. <laughs> Only Spay knew. Spay the all-wise. 
saw this coming. Okay, so that's WrestleOffs. That's Austin Gomez. Now we're back into NCAA countdown season where we're getting down to the thick of it. We're getting down to some... Into the thickets? Into the thickets. We're for the thickets. Yeah, Willie has been saying that the entire show or before the show started, so we'll just keep saying... I'm listening. I'm listening to Tyler's Man. You guys listen to him? No. Yes, he's good. Kyle loves him. I do. He's really good. Right, let's go through the... You're cutting out like crazy. I don't know if you're... Uh... I don't know if the Wi-Fi situation's bad there, Willie, but it's not good. It's not good what we're hearing. Uh, okay, so next up is Missouri. Okay, if you haven't been listening, we're counting them down. We're down to number seven, Missouri, where their lineup, I, they've got some questions <laughs> at uh, certain weights where I'm not sure what they're going to be doing. These lightweights, 125, 133. So 125, Dak Punky, maybe Sevian Severado. I think it'll be Punky. 33, Connor Brown, Allen Hart. Allen Hart allegedly won the wrestle-off, but Missouri... We're going to have to access WikiLeaks to find the Missouri wrestle-off results, Kyle. I don't know. Have you been able to so, co- come no, across those? No, I know Allen Hart won because St. Ed's tweeted about it because um, he went there. And then Missouri did put like a little minute video up with Brian Smith talking about how he thought they wrestled, and he mentioned Dak Punky scoring a lot of points, and he mentioned Allen Hart scoring a lot of points, and I know he mentioned Connor Flynn by name and said he looked really good. So I would say those three won. We don't know who they wrestled, though. We're not sure. We're not entirely sure, and we're not sure who won. So I don't know. Maybe we'll find out. Maybe they'll release the release the tapes, release the files, release the results. So I did not know that Connor Brown was at Missouri. It makes sense that he would wind up there. I guess he was able to transfer. It is his third D1 school in less, probably le- around less than a year, approximately. It's impressive. It's not easily <laughs> done. So I don't know if it's going to be him or Alan Hart, who you mentioned previously, Bracky. It would. I don't know a ton about Alan Hart, but I know Connor Brown is pretty freaking good. And if Alan Hart can beat Connor Brown, then I'd say Alan Hart's pretty dang good. But right now, I'd say Connor Brown, if he's going to wrestle this year, is going to be the going to be the starter but who knows i don't know if anyone has any insights as to no i mean like you said a <clears throat> bunch of transfers so you kind of wonder if there's you know eligibility or <laughs> academic things can you rest this semester will he not be able mm-hmm. to rest second semester is there he has to sit out a full year so a lot a lot of question marks there but if he can start for them they should at least have an option unless alan hart is just better beat up on him in the Looking at Hart's results last year, he's 13 and 6, um, but a lot of losses were. T- he split with Todd Small. He lost to Austin Gomez by a point. Um, Todd, not Small. Lost to Chaz Tucker, Derek Spann, who both qualified for NCAAs. Lost to Cam Kelly. They had him up at 41 for a few things, so not terrible results. That's solid. Yeah, he might be their guy. 41, Grant Leith. 49, Brock Mahler. 57, Jared JQ. 65, Peyton Mako. 74, Connor Flynn. 84, Wisman or Canton Marriott. 97, Wyatt Cooling. And 285, Zach Elam. <clears throat> so that's their roster. That's my approximate guess of who's going to be starting for them. And their tournament schedule is not very tournamenty. They're going to the Southeast <laughs> Open and Lindenwood Open. 
both in November. That's crazy. I think. Yep, no, no multi-day situations there for as far as tournaments go. Their dual schedule is really tough. Uh, Virginia Tech, Illinois, Cornell, Lehigh, NC State, UNI, Oklahoma State, Arizona State, Iowa State, and almost all of those are those are all out of out of conference teams. So they're they're going to be Brian Smith. Schedules tough duels, does every single year, and this year's no different. So they're going to be certainly tested. It's just always, you know, when they don't have the multi-day weigh-in, it just puts it in the back of your mind. Is this how's this going to work out? They um, they seem to change their schedule the most of just about any like consistently top ten team. Like sometimes they'll go to CKLV, sometimes they'll go to Scuffle, sometimes they won't go to a tournament like they're doing this year, and they'll just schedule really hard duels. And they'll kind of change who they wrestle. They they seem to have the most schedule variance of anyone that's like consistently at that high level. I think I would agree with that. I would agree. So very uh, very young team. So just two seniors, um, seventy four Connor Flynn, eighty four Dylan Wisman, and you from know Virginia Wisman, a one time qualifier, Flynn, a two time qualifier. Both of them. Uh, one and two in all of their NCAA tournament appearances, so conceivably could be looking at a very strong team uh, next year. As you said, they have a lot of 125s. I think uh, Bader still has eligibility left, along with uh, Punky, Valdivia, Severado, and Certain. And the oldest one of those guys is a sophomore, so they're just going to have to keep fighting that out for a while, unless one of them separates, like maybe Punky, as Bracky said. Uh, good class coming in. That's kind of a Missouri at this point, they just kind of always bring in good classes. Yeah. Um, Trey Crawford, Josh Edmond, Rocky Elam, Colton Hawks, and uh, Keegan O'Toole. A lot of those guys have very good freestyle accolades, um, you know, Fargo and stuff. So, But Missouri keeps town home. They do an incredible job of that. And once again, you know, Elam, Crawford, uh, Hawks, all Missouri guys that will be coming in for them. Where do you see Keegan um – Obviously, I think we all think he's going to have a really nice career. I certainly do. What, what weight do you see for him? Same as his mentor, 174. Benjamin Askren? Mm-hmm. 174. Because here's the thing. I don't know if he's that big, personally. I know. He's, I, I, I was I, – at one point I thought he'd be that big. and maybe I think right now he's like a 57. Here's uh, my thing, though. He – yeah. He has the like of all the guys at who's number one. He looked like he still had the most room to grow in terms of like um, his his body can develop in a college weight room. He certainly I think he's gonna get big, and I also don't think he's super he big on cutting weight. Certainly either. has the frame. He certainly has the frame to do it. But remember, I mean, he wrestled. What did he wrestle? Fifty two at Fargo, um, and he weighed in weight on. He walks around at like fifty seven. So he would be a 49 if he was in college this year. Yeah. So I think he's uh, a long way off from being a, a 74. You think about how big these dudes are. Um, okay. We're getting we're getting secret messages uh, on our on our monitor. Check my Slack CP. All right. I need to. Do, it's actually working good. Um, okay. <laughs> let's 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 keep going. Um, next up, well. Bracky, mm-hmm. talk a little about Missouri. I'm think I'm most excited for see what Peyton Mako is. 
Um, mm-hmm. I think he really turned some heads at full nationals a few years ago when he almost beat Sammy Sasso. And um, I believe he beat David Carr last year, right? He yes. did. Yeah. So really excited to see what he is. Missouri has a long track record of these freshmen coming out and tearing it up. Um, but, yeah, just another solid Missouri squad from top to bottom that's going to be in a trophy hunt in March. Wait a second. My brain's, like, scrambled. Peyton Mako, he was a – was he in high school last year? No. No. He redshirted. So he hit up three opens, Cyclone, Roger Dinker, and uh, the Missouri Valley Open. He only lost to Isaiah Lullen, who is from Fort Hay State, not familiar with his work. And he had two medical forfeits. Is that Llewellyn? Oh, it could be Llewellyn. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess it was two years ago that was his breakout, right? His mm-hmm. Flow Nationals and then Fargo. I think he took third or fifth or something. That was a big one. Yeah, I'm interested in Peyton Mako, too. I think it's a, I think it's a pretty – I mean, it's going to be really good in dual meets. And at number six, you know, they're in the – the tier to contend for a uh, title. I think it's such a interesting squad, uh, interesting tier that's going to be in contention for like the fourth spot, the fourth podium spot. And I think it's super deep from, from these guys at four, five, six, all the way down to like teams ranked 12th and 15th. Um, Christian, what do you think? What do you think about their team? Podium aspiration, podium I, I th- potential. I think they're in the mix, but I think it's going to be tough. I don't see – I mean, even if Mahler is just the truth, I you talk we talk a lot about bullets. I just don't know if they have a lot of guys I could see the potential to really ex- explode into another tier. Mako could be one yeah. of those guys. I, I didn't – then again, I didn't see Mahler coming a year ago. I mean, I think we all thought Mahler would be good, and then we heard – Pre-season, about this time last year, whoa, this kid just beat um, Grant Leith in the wrestle-off. That was like when we first heard about Mahler. Mm-hmm. Like really, okay, kind of putting him in that tier. But I – so I'm looking at – it's it's interesting you bring up the trophy race because based on the current flow rankings, which are just, you know, you you project out the, right. their, the tournament points based on the finish, no bonus – it, here's just the team points they're scored. First place is at 119.5. Second place is at 103. Third place, 49. Yeah. So the, And then it goes 49, 46, 46, 44, 42, 41, 40, 39, 37, 36 and yep. a half, 36. So it's like, that was like 10 teams. Yeah, that are super all good. Back. And so you, what you have to ask is like, okay, sure, you can be... 42 points is not getting you third, right? At... Uh, 60 points is probably not getting you third. So they are going to have to move up a lot more. And Mahler's already at the two spot. I don't see Elam as a guy that can get much higher than he is currently, given how tough he is. I think he's got a great shot at placing, for sure. But I think him... I mean, Flynn is is currently getting seventh place points. I think that is like somewhat charitable, really, given his, his ledger. So I don't see him placing much more than, than seventh right now. Could JQ's break out? Could Mako just be the truth year one right away? That's possible. Could Leith? 
if Leith is a, a legit title contender, yeah. which I think we think he is, but it it is a little, you know, there's so many health questions <laughs> with Grant. Grant's yeah. just battled staying healthy, and he's going to be ginormous for this weight. I'm, I think Grant is a super disciplined guy and really about his business, so he's going to do it the right way. But, you know, those, those biceps need food, right? The one year that Leith was healthy, that he made it through the whole year, he placed. Yeah. Right? So that that's kind of your – but then there's been four ye- three years where he hasn't made it through the year. Yeah. Um, as you're saying, Mahler, you know, I'm working on 149 preview right now, and <clears throat> I don't it, – it's – it's Mahler Mahler's going to have to make a little bit of a jump. I mean, 149 is so wide open that it's very conceivable – that he's able to do that, um, but as Mueller you're saying, only like lost to three people last year. Yeah, he lost to he Dagan lost to twice. Kolasic, Dagan and O'Connor. Hmm. Yeah, he also he also beat Dagan at NCAs. Whereas you look at some of the teams around him, Wisconsin, right? You feel really good about Gross getting you 20 points. Arizona State, you feel really good about Tahiti getting you 20 points, right? Oklahoma State has bullets. Minnesota, you feel good about Gable getting you 20 points. If yeah. Missouri wants to make a podium run, it might be a 10-man effort where everybody wins a match and they get they got to get like five or six guys on the podium in that five through eight range. I think that's tough. I mean, It's extremely tough, um, but I'm, I'm saying that's their path. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, so here's their five. You know, it's Leith Mahler. Flynn, Elam, and maybe JQs would be the ones you would say, but it's gonna be, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. Well, to theoretically, run. theoretically, Mueller's ranked second, so you, that's seventeen, I believe, seventeen yeah. points. Um, and if he can do that, uh, and he's gonna score bonus. He's amazing on top. Yeah, he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of Ironman in him. That's so. I thing. think it's um. I think it's I think it's JQ's and and I think it's that middle there JQ's Mako Flynn. They're also redshirting their guy that would probably be the favorite to win a title this year. Now it makes sense for their lineup in one way in that you don't lose a year of Grant Leith, right? Mm-hmm. Because other, or yeah, because I'm I'm at this point saying you know Mahler Mahler's pass surpassed Grant Leith, so Leith would not be able to start if if Ironman was wrestling this year. So it makes sense, but. Did, this is the year that Ironman could win very, very legitimately. Did Grant Leith wrestle at who's number one? I think he yes. did. Did he wrestle I'm pretty Manville? sure he wrestled. Listen, there is, there is two guys from who's number one year one that are still D1 eligible. Johnny, I mean, that is Johnny imp- Sebastian. That's impressive. Michael Pixley technically and, might still be D1 eligible too. Possibly. That's true. So when Ironman comes back next year, do they go him and Leith forty one forty nine some option and then redshirt Mauler to get them all through the that they could do that they could I could see a bumping situation with Mahler. I think he's just like rangy. I don't know if he's cutting a lot, but he looks like a guy that could go up. But then you got I mean, then you get fair to do with JQs and Mako and yeah yeah they're gonna have they're they're gonna have some dudes. Maybe Leith can go down to thirty three. Uh, Leith wrestled at the first who's number one in 2013 <laughs> at 145 pounds against Mason Manville. Hey! Lost 3-1 in sudden victory. I have memory. <laughs> I was going back just uh, randomly last night, the Hayden Hydley, Mason Manville. I forgot how many times those guys wrestled. Um, 
It was like six or seven, including a journeyman like right before who's number one. Anyway. Well, yeah, and they wrestled at Fargo twice, I think, that year. Both styles. Um, but, you know, if Yanni comes back at 49, if I'm Ironman, I'm going down. You got a great shot, you know. I mean, great shot at a title at 41. Yeah. As opposed to rolling the dice with, with Yanni at 49. And it's probably better for their team, so. We'll see. Yeah, I wonder if Yanni would go up or stay or I don't know what will make the most sense for Cornell either. I I mean, it's not definitive, but I heard Yanni at, I heard Yanni 49 when he comes back. Okay. Because uh, Saunders, Saunders, Yanni, oh, yeah. somebody. Who's 57? Somebody good at 57 too. Okay. So this team, you know, they're ranked seventh right now. They're in striking distance. It's just tough to see a lot more points for these guys without – I mean, things change, right? There there could be dudes that just emerge, and Punky could just be a guy. But based on the information we have right now, I'm having a hard time seeing this team get into that trophy point yeah. scoring range. Uh, but once again, they're always going to have a tough team, and they're redshirting their best wrestler, right? So if you're in the trophy conversation, you're redshirting your best wrestler – you're doing things yeah. right. Well, and that's, you know, we've talked about this a lot, right? Like, th- there's these jumps that teams can make, and one of the hardest ones is from 5, 6, 7 into not just trophy contention in a given year, but, like, consistent trophy contention. Yeah. Like, that. that is a hard jump to make. And it's also, you know, Coach Smith hasn't let the team fall off from that 5, 6, 7 range either. No. Right? So they've stayed in that range. So while I'm sure Missouri fans want them to jump in, there's also – you know, there's a lot of teams trying to claw into that top ten that are trying to take them out, and they've and been right around that quietly, like fifth or sixth best team. Yeah, and they quietly do a good job recruiting. It's yeah, like, they don't Every have year. like these giant. They don't have the like these giant number one classes or anything, but they have these like top tenish recruiting classes, and their attrition rate is low. Um, you know, they're plugging guys in and they're working kind of right away. Elam. As a freshman, really mm-hmm. solid. Uh, you know that Peyton Mako had a great year in redshirt. I mean, uh, they're having guys come in, and they're, yeah, and they're depth, they're panning yeah. out for the most part. Yeah, they're they're several deep at quite a few of these weights. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, going to be a good team this year. Going to be fun to watch the um, the Tigers. We should give a what we should do a little bit, Bracky. Maybe you could help with this when. Uh, should have been doing this all along. But when you can watch these guys live on, on flowwrestling.org. Because I know we'll, we'll have them at the Southeast Open. Um, their UNI duel. I know we'll have that. Uh, Lindenwood? No. Oh, they're not? We don't have that this year, I don't think. Yes, we do. You sure? Positive. Wow. Breaking. Um, we have wow. Lindenwood. We have the Southeast Open. We have Lindenwood. We um, Lindenwood. Northern Iowa. We actually have their duel at Kent State as well. And I think that's it. Cool. All right, so a fair amount of Tiger style for you. (laughs) Next up, led by six-time world and Olympic champion. You may know him as the GOAT. To Willie, it's just Coach Smith. To me, it's just (laughs) a guy I'm kind of scared of. The Oklahoma State Cowboys... 
And similar situation, you know, redshirting their best guy, Dayton Fix, their highest returning place getter. So here's their lineup. 125 pounds, number four, Nick Piccinini. 33, we believe, will be Reese Whitcraft. 41, yep. number 10, Caden Gefeller, G. Feller. I forget where we landed on that eventually. We'll go G. Feller. <laughs> 149, Boo Lou Allen. 57, Andrew Shomers, who is not ranked, which I'm not sure why he's not ranked. So maybe have to have a quick huddle up and figure out why that is. 65, Travis Whitlake. <clears throat> 74, Joe Smith. Please wrestle 174, Joe Smith. I think you can win a title there, buddy. 184, Dakota Gear. 197, Anthony Montalvo. 285, Neil Putnam. Their, their uh, schedule is as follows. Southern Scuffle. And then their duels, that's their only tournament, really. Duels, there's open the season, live on flow against Drexel. They'll also wrestle uh, Minnesota, which who they always wrestle in November. It's a great, it's one of the, I think pretty much every year, it's the first, like, legit D1 duel every single year. Like, it's always two really good teams. It's in the first two, three weeks of the season. Always love that. They wrestled Lehigh, Oklahoma, UNI, Iowa State, SDSU, Missouri, and Iowa. So a tough dual slate there for Coach Smith and company. Um, thoughts on this team, which just which currently sits uh, – I'll pull it up here – how far behind or in front of they are 2.5 points ahead of Missouri and two points behind the next team we'll talk about Arizona State and Wisconsin because those two are tied so right there in the mix I like this team in terms of bullets I'm seeing a lot more here than I did with with Missouri because I think pitch we know his potential right we've seen him beat the guy G I think we know what he could be, what he was. I, I don't, The end of his season, was it injury? Was he too small? I don't think he was too small. I just think um, think of something else going on there. Just did, yeah, just had he a was bad, banged up. Bad finish to his year, but we saw what he did a lot of the year. He beat some good dudes. Beat, then you we know got, what was – Yeah. What was weird – or not weird, but jumped off the page at me um, – he got injured in a duel. Hold on. I, I'll look it up. It was before the Missouri duel. It was a match before the Missouri duel. So, uh, no, he got he got hurt, I believe, against, you know, he wrestled Max Thompson. Then he wrestled Skyler from Lehigh. And then he wrestled Air Force. In one of those matches, he got hurt. And then he took the mat against Mahler. Uh, no, not Mahler. It was, uh, yeah, Mueller. And mm-hmm. remember, he he almost looked like he was just, like, trying to not get majored. Yeah. Remember how weird that match was? That was a bizarre like, match. He just kind of, and then it was, like, kind of obvious to me that he was just trying to get through matches because mm-hmm. he was injured. Yeah. And so I don't think that but the, at the I'm same sure time, that the G-Feller we saw. He won big 12s. He beat Did Olivas he? and Jared Deegan. Yeah. So I it doesn't yeah. exactly map to me that – I mean, he could have been hurt at the t- – there was something up when – that Mahler match was bizarre. And I, was I think Mahler's, Mahler's probably better anyways. But, you know, he beat Thompson. He beat Fine Silver. 
He had a really solid year. He was undefeated <laughs> till um, January 12th. And he also had mm-hmm. an undefeated redshirt season, too. So he hadn't lost and in, like, a, a year and a half. And he beat Nick Lee the year before. That was going through the scuffle twice. Yeah. Yeah, two-time scuffle champ. So, I, I don't know. G's a, an interesting one for me. I, but everyone says 41 is going to be a better natural weight for him. I tend to agree. The guy that I think Nomad's picking at 141, Nick Lee, is someone we watched G pin in a great scuffle final. He can clearly go with these guys at 141. I think he's a, a legit title contender at that weight. And when you talk about bullets, I mean, that's a guy that's getting 10th place points right now that, you know, he could be a top yeah, four right? very reasonably. Mm-hmm. So with him, uh, and also someone which transitions well to the other guy that's whose potential is just like, especially out of the Oklahoma State room, is just off disgust and lauded, Bulu Allen, who is just, you know, the the team just reveres this guy for for how good he is and the, the things he, he's able to do in the room, but hasn't translated in, in completely on the mat, in matches, be, through a combination of injury and a little bit of opportunity, difficulty, because he's behind Dean Heil for a couple of years. So, um, But Bulu Allen, back in the mix, if he's healthy, can he beat an Austin O'Connor, a Brock Mahler? I, I don't I mean, think he's... many people will say no. He's one of the best in the country in all of D1 wrestling at getting in on attacks. Now, if he if he can up his finish rate, that's mm-hmm. really scary. But, yeah, I think, you know, just like G at 10, Boo at 7 is, is not ranked in a position where that's like the max points, you know? Yeah. So, like, here's a guy's ranked ahead of Boo. Lugo, Sasso, Zach Earl. Deegan, Mahler, O'Connor. Mm-hmm. I mean, you throw those in a round robin, he's he's going to – I think he wins more matches than he loses. Yeah, right? I do too. Similar to <clears throat> Leith, the one time that he has wrestled a full season, was healthy, he placed. Mm-hmm. He was eighth. Right. Though. So, I, now there are some guys looming behind him that are really good, like a Brayton Lee, mm-hmm. but – Oh, that and which is the match we'll get early. Oh, that's a tasty treat. That's salty. We like so that. We'll learn a lot about Brayton and Boo mm-hmm. in early November. Wow, we like that a lot. Yep, collectively. Okay, so looking at who they got coming in, I think everyone will have them. Number one, the recruiting rankings: <clears throat> uh, Jason Burks, Trevor Master Giovanni, Luke Serber, Dustin Plot, AJ Ferrari, Connor Doucette. That is quite oh a God. haul. All of those guys are top 100 on the big board. Doucette, who is a Super 32 finalist, is the lowest at like 78. All the rest of those guys are top 30, top 35. Um, and <clears throat> it's kind of good because they got some money coming off the books, right? Pitch, Boo, Schumers, and uh, Joe Smith are all seniors this year, so going to clear up. But they thought they were going to lose Cade in terms of he was graduating, but now he's going to have to come back, so um, that's going to be interesting. And in addition to Cade coming back, they're going to have Dayton coming back. Um, and then among freshmen who are redshirting, uh, Balmaceda could factor in somewhere over the next few years. So He's a true freshman this year, right? Brevin? Mm-hmm. Brevin. Yeah. So they've got a lot of reinforcements uh, still coming through uh, the shoot. Uh, obviously, at 285, um, you know, they got – You'll put him in Austin, 
Austin Harris, who's Austin, I imagine, is Cowboy Bulk Job status. They're trying to grow him in. Um, yeah, do you think he might be the guy not Putnam? What do we think there? That's definitely possible. And then I imagine, you know, uh, Ferrari or Doucette. I know Ferrari wants to be heavyweight. I still think he's a 97. I think Connor's a bigger, bigger body there. I think he's there. currently an 84. When yeah, I see that, that's AJ. the thing. I don't, I don't know how he ends up at heavyweight. I've been it's all not... over the place with his weight, and I think he is too. I mean, not in his head, he's always been a heavyweight, I believe. But um, his injury really made things cloudy because he was he got really small, and now he's he's really big again. I mean, two two fifteen. Okay. Yeah, he's gonna be. He'll be a, a tweener, but I think he'll be fine either way. If he's up to two fifteen now. Yeah. So, all right, let's talk a little this um back to back to back here of Whitlake Joe Smith Dakota Gear. Uh Whitlake didn't have the a great retro year. His freestyle results a little little mixed. Um any any murmurings of what we could see from Travis Whitlake? Obviously a really highly ranked guy, uh cadet world medalist, etc. What do we think for him this year? I don't know. I mean, He's one of those guys for me, Willie. We were talking about, okay, this guy's on, and you just want to see where he's at. He's yeah. one of those guys for me. Where is Travis yeah. Whitlake at? Very true. I want to see where he's at as well. Um, I don't know. He could be – you know, we, we talk about the points that they have and the and the points where they're slotted. You know, Lee Wallen, not at his max. Gee, definitely not at his max. If they get some – contribution from Whitlake, they could really make a push there. Um, but, you know, his his freestyle results weren't his best ever the last year, and his folk style collegiate record last year was, um, his schedule wasn't really robust, so it's tough to gauge where he's at. I don't know if Nomad has any particular feelings on that. I think... I want to get into his <clears throat> freestyle results here in a second. I think Travis Whitlake, like, not, not, um, not unlike a bunch of guys before him, had a fantastic high school career, and then got up kind of in that top spot and either hit a plateau or, or you know, and just like it's it's hard to be that good for that long, right? And then you go into college. And it's like, okay, I've been the man, and now I'm getting the crap kicked out of me by Joe Smith every day, right? And and you got to relearn to be the man again, you know? And I think so he just went through some, some growing pains that most, a lot of really good 17, 18, 19-year-old wrestlers go through. Uh, and, I, and I think he's come out of that, and now this is, you know, as a redshirt freshman, this is now kind of his time to, to show, hey, I got through all that. I'm I'm good to go now. I'm I'm ready to make an impact for for the Cowboys. Um, <clears throat> looking at his open, so he beat up on uh, Zach Hartman, Patty Gallagher, and DJ Shannon. Right, Gallagher and, and Shannon. Um, Shannon sort of sort of still in high school. Lost to Danny Bronigal and Nelson Brands. Uh, that was at the open. Oh, great! And then at uh, trials, lost to Phil Canigliero twice. Um, beat Aaron Bancroft and DJ Shannon. So one thing I want to, and I don't know if this is an Oklahoma State-specific thing, but this could be just totally anecdotal, but I feel like they've had guys that don't don't have great redshirt seasons there that 
the next year they're just ready to contribute. Dean Heil lost to Nick Anderson, Andrew Atkinson, and Brendan Murphy his redshirt year, right? Mm-hmm. No relative wins whatsoever. The next year he was fourth. The year after that he won, and then he won again. So mm-hmm. you don't always know what, what's what's going on with a guy, how they're really optimized for their redshirt competitions and even freestyle. That's a good this. point. So you never – that could be a one-off example. But I feel like it's happened other times Oklahoma State. I'm just not remembering it's quite al- correctly. It's also something, you know, when you do redshirt reports, which Spay ended up doing all this this year, but then you come back around and you do previews, and you're looking at an impact freshman, right, the guys who are redshirt, uh, right, not the true freshman, and you go through their schedule and you're like, yeah, they only wrestled eight D1 guys, right? Mm-hmm. Like last year, Whitlake, it's only D1 matches – Jaren Curry, Logan uh, Schumacher, Kevin G. Schwenter, Anthony Lombardo, Selden Wright, Cole Moody, Cole Pruitt. He lost to Wright, and then he also lost to Abner Romero of Fresno City College. So he only had seven matches against D1 guys. He went 6-1 and one in those matches. And then I just mentioned his freestyle. So he's still, he's still pretty green in terms of super high-level matches against other college D1 guys. Stephen Kyle Brackey, you need to give it to me. What's going on? I see you working. You yeah. chatting with the people? What's going on? No, I'm actually working on that Ohio State wrestle-off article. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, but I'm really excited to see Reese Whitcraft. That kid, that kid's a savage. He, he is do, a savage. He will, he's going to throw the kitchen sink at you, and he's going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a little like uh, your boy Demas, huh? Oh like, baby, don't don't like, tease me. He flies all over the place, and you wonder what yeah. you're gonna get. And um, you know, he really didn't do much in his high school career until his senior year, and then you were like, "Dang!" You know, who are I some mean, of his greatest hits? Who's some of the dudes he's beaten? Did he beat Van Ness. No, I, no, he, I thought he, he did. Went, he was up big on Van Ness. He, um, yeah, he, he was he was putting on Van Ness, and then Van Ness did Van Ness things. Yeah, yeah. right. At, that, uh, Geary. That was at Geary because uh, uh, Whitcraft was at 26 for Ironman and 32 later. Mm. I I think he beat Kolioko. Yep. Whoa. So that's eye opening. Yeah. At, Everyone says that kid's just going to be the truth this year at uh, 25. He is. I, I believe so. And and then so he beats Kolioko and wins Ironman and then. Is up big on Van Ness and loses. And so, I don't know. You kind of wonder, like, how good is he? Is he, you know, can he wrestle hard seven-minute matches? Because Van Ness kind of faded him, but Van Ness kind of fades everybody. Um, but yeah, then he goes to the room. It's not a ding on your cardio if Van Ness gets you tired anymore. Yeah. You're not allowed to be – you can't be mad at him for being out of shape or anything. He's just wrestling Shane Van Ness, and it's just a different sort of being. <clears throat> yeah, so I was like – Going into the season, I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what Wickraft will be. He could be really good. He could be average. He could be solid. Um, and we probably won't know for a while because they have a million good lightweights. And then Dayton announces he's going to take an Olympic. And then um, then the reports out of the room are, you know, hey, who are they going with? Well, it's probably going to be Wickraft because he is looking great. So wow. That's exciting. Well, it's also like, you know, when 
the plan was probably originally to redshirt and then Wrestle a guy Cade. gets hurt. Yeah. Then, you know, so now obviously he it happened early enough that he could prepare himself, right? It wasn't like November, you know, twentieth or whatever. Yeah. Where the plan so he's he's had time, but it, it there is still a bit of a curve where um you know this is this is uh this is the plan, then it gets changed. Woodcraft wrestled Kolyoko in Fargo Finals, too. Who won? That was Kolyoko. Uh, that was Kolyoko. Yeah, so you got revenge for that one. So an exciting team. How do you see their uh, them finishing up? Is this a trophy? Is this a trophy team? I think it. I think it could be. I, I mean, I think. I think they're definite. I think they're ranked six, and I think maybe I think their floor is probably six. No, I mean not their floor, but reasonable expectations. They it could be a you know. Sometimes we've seen Oklahoma State have bad yeah. NCAA tournaments, and so you don't want to say they're locked in there. But reasonable expectations, I think, is six. Do we know for sure um, that it's going to be Gear eighty four Montalvo ninety seven? They Gear said in the media thing, little media day they had last week that he coach smith wants him at 84 gotcha montalvo's a <laughs> montalvo's <laughs> another interesting guy to me i hated him in high school and then i loved him in high school and then i <laughs> jesus you hated him uh, yeah Remember? yep what do you do uh I, I there was a time there was a point in time where i thought did he call you bald or something no, he loves me. I, I, he loves me. Like I didn't say it publicly. I never said it publicly. <laughs> he just I did. Well, this would be... now he's gonna hate you. No, he's not because I love him. Now I love him. But there was love a point in time my 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 perspective on him changed like 180 degrees because when he was like a freshman and sophomore, um, and maybe even a junior, I was like, this is one of those kids. This is, and I'll say it. This is one of those Cali kids. That wins on talent, and if he gets pushed late, he doesn't wrestle hard for six minutes. There's a lot of California kids like that. And then I saw him his senior year, and I went 180 degrees. I went, this kid wrestles like a beast. There's kids that are, like, he's winning matches not on talent. He's winning on guts and heart, and I love that. And, yeah, that was my that was my final assessment at the, by the time he graduated and um i was really high on them high on him then coming out and and i think he had a pretty strong year what did he do last year in red shirt no man uh in, <clears throat> in red shirt last year he was 18 three overall but again only six matches against yeah d1 guys uh beat, that was at 84 that was at 84 yeah 84 the whole year yeah and that was across uh, for well, three opens in Reno TOC. I I think uh, I think he could turn some heads. I think he's gonna have a really solid season no matter what weight he's at. And um, I don't know, can he place? I don't know. That's gonna be gonna be tough. But um, there's a lot of young there's a lot of young guys that also did great things last year or give you a lot of reason to be hopeful. Tanner Sloan's of the world, and you know those kind of guys. Davison. Um, so it's going to be hard, but uh, I think they can get some miles there out of Montalvo. 
I think this team. When, uh, go ahead. Sorry. Remember when Coach Smith was half pissed off at one of his 84 pounds? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, but who was that? Keegan Moore. That was Keegan Moore. Yeah. Yeah. That was Such pretty awesome. That would stink. <laughs> There's not a worse doghouse to be in than that one. Uh, so. I think I think if you look around the teams that they're going to be competing with for for the trophy spot, Wisconsin, Arizona State, Missouri, uh, I think they're right there with these teams. And in terms of the upside to get more points, I really like this team. So let's go to Arizona State, where they are going to roll out ten dudes that we all know that have had really good high school careers. Some of them have had good collegiate success. So I'm excited for this team because it has a lot of talent and potential. But here we go. And you best believe this this team's going to roll out their best possible lineup. 125, some combination of Brandon Courtney woman or Nick child. Nick Raymond. What would you say? <laughs> combination woman, of woman and child. <laughs> uh, 3341 is some combination of Buziello Klebov, I believe. Uh, 49, Maruka. 57, Teamer, 65, Shields, 74, Anthony Valencia, 84, Zahid, 97, Cordell Norfleet, who's unraked, which I believe is an outrage, and <laughs> two, 285, Tanner Hall, MD. So it Sounds like you have issues with with Spey, with Shomers and Norfleet. Uh, Shomers had some not good yeah, losses no, it's year. Shomers is po- possibly justifiable, as is... As is Norfleet. I'm just saying. It's still an outrage. Even if it's the right ranking, it's an outrage. I'm outraged. <laughs> and I'm, I'm okay to do that. Okay, so this team, what, 25, I, I don't see major production coming out, even though they're going to have a dude. I think Ramos super talented, but still a project offensively. I think what we saw in high school is like great athlete, good defensively, good position, but needs a leg attack. So he's going to, uh, I would assume... He's in a similar situation. We haven't really seen Nick much recently, right? And then Courtney was no. Courtney last year. And then Klebov is someone I'm super – I think if if we're looking for a guy that's unranked right now that could score some serious points, I think it's Klebov. I picked him to place in my preview. Whoa. At which weight? I, I 33. Love him. 33? So that will put Buziello at 41, which I think is a stretch. Uh, I, I bet th- he. I, bet I he think won't. that's. I think that makes more sense for Adam. Yeah, I. I don't think he's that big. I know he cut down like a ridiculous amount of weight to make a really lightweight super thirty-two every year, but I didn't. I didn't think that was because he was a forty-one pounder type of guy. Do you? Yeah. Well, we used to get in arguments about this when he was committed to Penn State. It was like he's going to be twenty-five Penn State. I'm like, there's no way he's ever going to make one twenty-five in college. He's going to be too big. He's going to continue growing. He's going to be a forty-one. Mm-hmm. That was a persistent argument we had. Persistent. Yeah, I think I think he's, I think he's pretty good size wise for forty one, and I think that like, now, I've been told that Julian has put on some weight, put on some size, because um, I was I was sort of kind of surprised that he was even at, that they were even listing him at thirty three, because um, I thought I thought for a year or two he could make twenty five. Um, but they said he put on some size, and he's a, you know he's a good solid 133 right now. So, but I don't think he's anywhere near 41. Of course, I haven't seen him since he left. But um, 
I, I could imagine him being a full size 41. So I think that is the best option. Uh, Julian at 33, Busiello at 41. I mean, Busiello looked fine size-wise against Aragona, who was a two-year 138-pounder. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Aragona was good size-wise. I don't know. He kind of got hoarse. Well, he's saying size-wise, though. I guess. Uh, strength-wise. I guess. JoJo's yeah. a horse. <laughs> yeah. Not really. I'm a horse-horse. Uh, 49. So, that, that's the... a donkey? <laughs> Some kind a burro. of a, a burro. So, no. Also, so like speaking of, we have, we're not going to get to Rutgers because they don't have a top twenty team currently. But are they going to wrestle him? Should I don't know. They got some. I think they, they were strongly they leaning guys. towards it, but now with the uh, with Nikki Redshirt, I don't know what they're going to do. Maybe they hold them both out until Nick's triumphant return second semester, if that happens. <clears throat> Yeah, they got a lot of they got a lot of options. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, they brought in a lot of good youngsters. They got Devin, three board, big boarders right there, and Devin Britton, JoJo Aragona, and Matt Vulak. Um, do they run them out right away, or do they redshirt them a year and when they might have a better team next year? The the thing with and, and it applies to ASU too, right? Because if they roll out Ramo and Klebov right away, I was talking to a coach yesterday, and you know, my my thing has long been, if they're the best guy, if you know, if they're ready to go, run them out right away, save that red shirt for later in their career to give their body a break. And what he was saying changed my perspective too. It wasn't just giving their body a break; it's how many of these kids go into division one wrestling knowing how to actually train and get better and maximize their use of a red shirt year as a 18 year old true freshman, as opposed to a 2021 year old where they've been in the program a, a few years that I've never heard mm-hmm. before in my life. Yes. That makes and I was like, sense. Holy crap that now I'm even more strong about certain guys going right away. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, if, if JoJo is like that, where it's like he's chomping at the bit, he's ready to go, and the same thing applies to Julian and Ramo, and they're ready to go, run them out, right? Get them up to speed on on the training, get it, you know, get them while they're use them while their bodies are good, and then when they need a break later on mentally, physically, when they can maximize their training, redshirt them, you know, a year or two down the line. And I think, I think if you start them right away, then they know. I mean, the elite guys, you know. Um, then they know what college wrestling is. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, college coaches could tell me otherwise, but I'm not sure that a, a blue chipper coming in and redshirting for a year. I don't think that's the same as wrestling and knowing you're going out and compete and knowing at the end of the year you're gonna you're gonna try to become an all American. I don't know. So they they don't even know really what full college wrestling is and expectations are until a full another year, right? So, yeah, throw them in the fire and see, uh, get them up to speed. As far as upside, I think Anthony Valencia up at 174. Heard great things about his his redshirt year last year. Excited to see him in the mix at 174 weight, where his brother has been dominant. He's been the top dog there. Now, see, he goes up to 84 where I think we're saying it's next topic. Next topic. Is he our next topic? Is he the number one next topic guy or is Seth Gross mm-hmm. next topic? 
Well, I just think even even with the the Olympic red shirts, um, one thirty three is still on paper right now looks tougher than one eighty four on paper two through twelve. Two through twelve. Okay. Like the one eighty fours that are behind Zahid mm-hmm. as compared to the thirty threes behind Seth. Yeah, probably definitely true. So he's the next topic guy. I've I've always been pretty high on Cordell Norfleet. I think him at ninety seven is exciting. Who's currently ranked number one pound for pound? Is it Zahid? Seth Gross. Seth? Yeah. Yeah. I mean I can see a case for either. Um But I would agree with that. I would maybe agree with Seth being number one pound for pound because Zahid lost to Daniel Lewis, I think. And Mark Hall. Uh, yeah. Um, so I agree with that. But I think that – I still think Zahid would be the number one next topic, if that makes any sense. Biggest favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Even, so, even saying that about 33, like, I know it, it is always – even with how good guys come in nowadays – you know, I mean, if Dayton and Sor- I guess if Soriano's at thirty-three, then okay, I would agree with that. But if Soriano doesn't come back, Dayton's gone. Pletcher's up. Not that I really think Pletcher would be in, on Seth's level. I, I don't know. I think he's. I think yeah. he's the next topic. This guy turns everybody. He yeah. turns basically everyone. Did he have one Do match at NCAs last year where he didn't turn somebody? Uh, well, twenty eighteen. You mean? You know, <laughs> the one he wrestled. In. Yeah, I I think maybe the next topic. I mean, <clears throat> the guys that are behind him, um, which are Roma Brava, Young, Mickey Phillippe, uh, I have Ridge Lovett, Austin DeSanto. Gomez, Teasdale, Tucker. Um, if if DeSanto's there, yeah. Um, you're right. They're not in his tier. That's a that's a that's a one tier weight. You're right. However, to me, I think the. The injury and we haven't seen him in a year thing kind of is the only thing that makes it maybe not next next topic. It's probably next topic. I I just have no thoughts that the injury is going to be in any way a factor. That's just my opinion. Fair enough. Uh, so looking at uh, looking at Seth's 2018 NCAA's, he turned Matthew Schmidt, he turned Tariq Wilson, and he turned Stefan Micic. He did not turn Mitch McKee or Montori Bridges, however he got riding time on both of them. He didn't turn them. That's correct. What was the what were the finals there? Thirteen five and seven three. He took Mitch McKee down. Oh yeah, McKee's McKee wrestles him tough. Three, four, five times. Wow. And he took It's amazing how good he is on his feet too. It's that's like, that's the thing. It's like People Z- very underrate his neutrals. He goes out and gets the first takedown like all the time, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's another way he's a little, maybe a little more next topicy because Zahid is like just gonna trash you on your feet. He is just better than you on your feet. He's amazing defensively, and he can take you down thirty six different ways. He's good, not he's not Seth Gross on top, right? And he's gonna kick and look away now. He could reach an- another level and improve from the top position. But I just think Seth is probably that number one pound for pound. But it's a good battle. Uh, I want to finish off the Arizona State, though, because I want to <laughs> justify my Klebov pick. You justify uh, So you've got this you got this good group at the top, right? We're talking about Gross is potentially next topic. And then um, DeSanto and or Teasdale. RBY, Philippe Gomez. Gomez, you know, coming down. Um <clears throat> 
Montori's previously placed. Chaz has been 1-2 every time he's gone to NCAAs. And then you have a, a bunch of career, like, good, not great guys who it's their senior year, so could they make, you know, a Heilman jump, a Ronnie Perry jump, right? We've seen guys do that in their senior year mm-hmm. when it's like, all right, it's time to go. But it's Gonzer, Sakura, Fellman, and then juniors, uh, Derek Spann, uh, Dylan Duncan, Paul Conrath, right? That's your 8 through 13. Skill for skill, Julian. I still would pick Julian over them. Now, however, again, those guys are seniors who've been through five years, four or five years of college wrestling. They've been through battles at grown men. Can Julian, um, you know, hang on to that for, for three days in March? I don't know. But at this time, skill for skill, I like Julian over those guys. I like the pick. I really do. I don't think it's crazy. I see it. I don't know why I have a different reaction to Julian than I did uh, Ridge Lovett. I don't know why. Kyle Brackett, do you know why I feel that way? I'm not sure why, but uh, I do. No, I don't. Maybe more folks out results. Yeah, maybe it's that. That and just I say this I say this about Dark Knights kids all the time. It's why I feel really confident that Sammy's going to do amazing. It's why I th- feel really confident that Julian's going to – like when you, when you look at why Dark Knights kids are good, it's because they're good at wrestling. They are good at wrestling technique. They're good at wrestling skill. They know how to win matches. It's not because they're freaks. It's not because they're you know physical freaks. Because no. they're more mature. It's because they know how to wrestle. I mean, he's he's good on top. He's, he's a really good, good scrambler. Yeah, he's got offense. All those like things crazy. Translate. Right. They're gonna translate really well. It's not like he needs to go in a college room and learn how to turn or learn how to scramble or develop more offense because he already has it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And he has a very folk style specific style. Correct. Yes. He's basically, I've never heard of him wrestling. He's basically, yeah, <laughs> only wrestled folk style. Yeah. So, that's Arizona State. Where where do we see this Hold team? Oh, we, go ahead. Tanner Hall. <laughs> oh, I graduated high school in 2010. Uh-huh. <laughs> Tanner Hall graduated high school in 2011. Uh-huh. I. I'm 27 years old, and I've been working here for five years. That's <laughs> to have a kid? I am less than a year older than Tanner Hall. He is still in college. So while he may have had, on paper, a better wrestling career, you have <laughs> you have quite a jump professionally. Yeah. And Wait a second. And child-wise so you, as you, well. You graduated college, which is minimum four years, and then been working here for five years. And he's still in college. Yes. <laughs> that is the sentence he said. And it is true. Kyle just had his fifth year here. So he went Mormon. OTC. Two-year Mormon trip. No, OTC year. No, regular, regular redshirt year. Olympic redshirt year. And then four regular varsity years. At some point. Now, I think the order's a little. I think he was OTC then two-year Mormon mission. Yeah, I think he did a year at the OTC Then he wrestled he to Uganda. Then he wrestled like two years, took a year here, took a year there, he, year he, there, gap year. Um, did he not beat Kyle Snyder one year? That was in like 2011. Yeah, 11 or 12. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 11 or 12 at Junior National. It would have had to have been 12 because uh, yeah, two Snyder 12. won in 13, was on the team again in 14, so it would have had to have been 12. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, Kyle Kyle Brackey, greater than signed Tanner Hall in some ways, <laughs> possibly so. Professionally, Profession- professionally, in terms of having it benefits and insurance, 
It's Kyle all the way. <laughs> so, where do you see? I mean, Tanner Hall obviously a very solid heavyweight, and and he's placed before and in the mix. So you have this young group of lightweights, 25, 33, 41. Then wow. you have, then you have 49 through 84 that are all ranked, um, and really solid. Shields, Maruka, Teamer. And Zahid, one of the best pound-for-pound pound guys, and a really solid guy in Tanner Hall. Um, where where do they, where do you see them f- finally placing their final, uh, their final placing? I, I mean, in a mix with teams like, probably anywhere from nine Nebraska to, I think we'd put them behind number three or number number three. Uh, Iowa, Ohio State. Um, what's their What's their peak here? Thinking about this in Nebraska, I like Nebraska as much or more than any of the teams we've talked about today. Yeah, is that crazy? No, I don't think that's a that team is the. Again, though, I go back to the national championship because it's the same thing as like why. Penn State has always been able to separate at the top. Well, the same rule applies when you go down a tier. Having that guaranteed, or you feel guaranteed, 20 points yeah, is throwing so, 20 points. so massive. Yeah. yeah. And I, I know. know that there's nine other guys, but when you're like, well, Zahid's going to win. There's 20. Yeah. No, I know. <clears throat> um, so, yeah. All right, so that's Arizona State. We didn't get to their schedule. Let's do that right now. They're doing, according to their Pretty schedule, much. I love this. Nomad loves this probably the most. They put the U.S. Open on their schedule. Yeah, baby. The freestyle, the USA Wrestling Freestyle Tournament in uh, Fort Worth, oh. Texas. I've like, never seen a never seen Division that. One men's team do that. I t- frequently see it on, like, the women's teams because they typically build their schedule around like Dave Schultz and all those things. I've never seen it on a men's roster. So awesome. So they have Cliff Keen, Reno, US Open, Midlands, uh, and in November they'll do journeyman also. Forgot to mention that. They have the they're doing the classic and the duels. Their dual slate, Penn State, Ohio State, Iowa State, Stanford, Missouri, Lehigh, North Carolina, making uh for a pretty tough after schedule. January, they're not home. That's it. They're on the road for the rest <laughs> of the year. Where's Pac 12s? Road dogs. Stanford. Cow. Oh my gracious. So they got yeah, they've got this this great January home schedule where they host Campbell, Iowa State, Harvard, Oregon State, Stanford. Then on the road, Little Rock, Missouri, Cal Poly, Bakersfield, Lehigh, North Carolina, Pac twelves is in Stanford, and NCAAs is in Minneapolis. Mm. Ugh. Oh, great. Well, at least Minneapolis, Tempe, similar climates. Very. So they will be acclimated and ready for that. Easy switch there. So that's their schedule. That's Arizona State. It's the the top. That's what? I just have never seen a team like be on the road for a whole month. No. Pretty rare. So that's uh, Sun Devils, good team. A lot of questions uh, for that lineup, what, what they're going to look like. It'll be fun to see them at Journeyman. Like, okay – because at the the classic is like your individuals get a chance to kind of shine and, and step up and we'll learn a lot about how 
you know, where, what is the Klebo of Buziello? What weight? One weight, but two, just dynamic there. Exciting stuff. Now, mm-hmm. um, it's 9.15 in the morning. Do we want to do Super 32 or do we want to go to questions from our, from I our friends? I said Q's. All right, quarterfinals. Q's from Fs. Q's from Fs. Oh, Fs. Okay. Q's from Fs. You guys all want to do it, but you're chicken. I never. I started it. Wow. He's the original, the original singer of the song. Okay. Just to put a matter to bed, I'll ask this question, and it'll be the end of it for me. Thank God. (laughs) Who is the Lizzo of college wrestling this season? Oh, man. Consider this my retirement from weight talk from <laughs> size discussions all together i got another earful after the show you know what i'm retired i said my piece you know where i stand and i'm not talking Who'd about you get it an anymore from? I, it doesn't matter who it doesn't matter so basically someone i respect up fat girl. huh you're saying you're giving up fat girls is that what you're saying Bracky. i mean I'm sorry, Bracky. This is my fault. It sounds it's like all my that's fault. What you're not your fault. You were trying to stop. I'm trying to retire. If this, I'm retired, Willie. Don't try to suck me back in. I am just trying to see if that's what you're saying. I, you can't retire from something. Never mind. Bracky's eagle statue. This is interesting. Compare Spencer Lee to Kyle Dake through two years of college. Will Spencer have two more undefeated seasons, possibly beat Fix three times to match Dake? So, it is interesting because Dake did lose matches his freshman and sophomore year. He lost to Humphrey, Bailey uh, as a freshman, and he lost to LaValle and Donnie Vinson as sophomores. So, he's kinda, he had some up and down. Really, the true freshman thing, he kind of he got it together really well at the end there. But, you know, lost in the conference finals his sophomore year, but then undefeated, undefeated. Really didn't have a super tough match apart from the David Taylor bouts, as I can recall, right? So could we see that with Spencer? Where Spencer's had losses in both of his seasons, but he ends up winning. And could he, like, reach a new level sort of of consistency or whatever? Because I don't know if Dake was inconsistent. I think a lot of it was weight-related or maybe something else. Who knows? I'm sure Kyle's talked about it. I'll chalk up his true freshman, just a true freshman stuff, probably. Sophomore year, I'll chalk that up to wait. So could we see that with Spencer, his junior and senior year, where he's just like, on lock, beating everybody, or is it, it going to be different? The reason this question is interesting, you have probably the two most unique careers of uh, since I've been following wrestling in terms of Dake going up, Every year, every year, and then having and then having that rival his last year, and then Spencer just being this Spencer Lee, the I mean, <laughs> most covered, talked about, discussed wrestler, yeah, of all time. You know, collegiately, I think that's Willie. Willie wrote an article about where he was going to high school. His his college recruitment was heavily followed, multiple time age level world champ. So to have that kind of pressure, and, oh, and then you go, to, yeah. then you go to, the you know the program, 
right, in terms mm-hmm. of historical, like, number one attendance for the, all Fans, the time they've been tracking the attendance. So you have all these eyeballs on you, and then you take some losses, but then you come through, and he is on pace to score over 100 career points in NCAAs, which is something only three or four other people have ever done. Um, and then could he, and then as the Eagle statue closed out, could he have this big rival at the end? Good job, Eagle statue, with Dayton Great Fix. Questions. Yeah, that would be an interesting wrinkle if, like, kind of close out Dake's career closed out with Taylor, who is the number one guy that could potentially dethrone him. And I think Dayton is probably that guy for for Spencer. Right. Maybe maybe that's Suriano. That would be a that's a question. But we've seen him beat Suriano in folk style. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen we they've seen never wrestled they've never folk wrestled style. folk style. Right. Now you would say a folk style match would, would favor Spencer based just on skill set. Mm-hmm. But it's Dayton Fix, right? The the guy is just total winner all the way too. So it it would be, man, it would be something if that's how his quest for four came. It came down to him having to be Dayton. I I still think Dayton at twenty five for that much time is really difficult. I think that's a thing for him. But tough pull. Uh, it it would be a tough pull, but man, what a what if what uh, a poetic way for it to go out if that's what they do. How it ends in twenty one. I you know I think a better way for it to go out and for it to be all over would be if Dayton wrestled uh, one thirty three all year, entered his conference tournament at one twenty five, and then the seating committee made Dayton the thirty three, and they wrestled first round. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be so cool. Just just get it out of the way. You know we don't need that. Guaranteed it'll happen. Yeah, I hope not. Um, so, good question. I did we answer it? Um, I don't have an answer. Will they have two more undefeated seasons? I don't know. It's tough to say. Well, Spencer, it's tough to. That's a tough. Has question never had an undefeated season, so you can't have two more. You can have two. That's the point. Well, yeah, yeah. That's what he meant. Um, two undefeated seasons. <sighs> I'll say no. I think he'll probably drop one at some point. There's there's two guys out there that have beat him that are going to be on his schedule over the next two years. I mean, he's going undefeated. I just don't. I don't know. He could do it. He could just go on lockdown mode, but he's so good. I mean, he's so good. I would say there's no match I'll I pick would... him to lose, but it right. just, it'll happen, right? right? It's just it's a possibility. It'll happen. I would say he's despite him losing in the past. I would say that he's um, likely to go undefeated, provided that that there's no Dayton or Soriano that comes down. If the if the guys at 125 are are, are the field for him currently, um, I would probably take him to uh, go undefeated. Even even Rivera, who's got two wins over him last year, yeah, including yeah. him. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, again, for context of that all-time point scoring, so three guys have scored over 100 points in siblings using adjusted. Uh, Ed Bannock, 102.5. Logan Sieber, 103.5. Kale Sanderson, 107.5. Heading into this year, Spencer Lee, 51.5 career points in siblings. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> what? Normally the freshman sophomore years, it's, like, harder because you're young. And also you never redshirted, by the by. What? Crazy. 
Insane. What? what? Okay. Does Caleb, my son, still talk about how Heidly beat Nolf last year in the semis? He has not brought that up recently. He is currently deep into baseball. He's all about the Astros currently. So he's on that kick right now. But trust and believe he will be talking about that soon. It, it comes up whenever wrestling comes Does up. Does he get to stay up and watch the games? They end pretty late. Yeah, that's what I was saying. So we DVR him. He was up. He's He's been pushing the bedtime the last couple nights, special occasion. <laughs> So we let him stay up a little later, but the one the one night he just like passed out on the floor, just like dead to the world. And when we woke him up, he did not know what was happening or what was going on. He kept trying to go back downstairs. He's basically sleepwalking. But no, he's he's a big uh, he's a big Hidley truther. He's he's not happy with how that went down. Okay, FRL rhyme time. Willie, would you be so kind to answer my question with mine? Would C Piles win via a pin versus you, the best of mankind? It's a, it's a great poem. Is it, is it a poem? Is it a question? It is a question because it ends with a question mark. Okay. Does that mean who would win in a battle of wits? Is that what that's Would asking? I win via pin? Oh, via pin. No. I think I, I think if I can weather that storm. See, with like someone like um, – <laughs> With someone like Ethan Lezak, you're trying to weather like the three to five minute storm. With you, that storm. How long is your storm? What kind of a storm? What, a, what's your category it's four? A, it's probably a. I don't know. Uh, cerebrally, it's probably a big storm. Now, physically, it's, a, it's this is a physical storm. Just, We're discussing physical. Probably like a summer shower. Yes. Like it's just a sprinkling. It's you know like I mean? we're we're at Disneyland and just the clouds roll up and it's just torrential and then it goes away and we're just back on the rides in a half hour. Sure. If it's that kind of storm, I think I can navigate it. And you know, maybe I break you, but there's a good chance I just get pinned before the storm ends. <laughs> okay, Sammy Brooks's mullet has asked this question many times, so I think I'm going to answer He's it. He's really pumped up about it. He's really pumped. He says, how awesome is it that Wyatt Henson is already planning on being at the Clarion Open as a junior? And he's talking about going to other Opens. How many other juniors show up to this level of Opens? Uh, seniors are doing not many juniors. I don't know the track record for juniors. I remember Chance Marsteller in seventh grade entered the Nittany Lion Open. I remember that. Uh, the Altons entered at very young ages in, I believe, the Nittany Lion Open as well. Henson, of late, it's been rare for juniors to do this. Uh, Julian Tag was entered in college opens last year with when he was at the OTC with the AP, and the Valiant Prep guys out in Arizona also entered some college opens before who, their senior year. Who are the year. Valiant Prep guys? They're coached by uh, Eric Larkin. Oh, familiar with his work. Okay, so uh, it doesn't happen much, and I think – I think it's great he's doing it. I think it's a really cool way to get matches if you're able to do it and the rules allow for it, which I'm thankful for. It's great. I think I think Chance I think Chance entering in seventh grade probably ruined it, didn't he? Was it They're that like, time okay. or was it He won matches? He won matches. And then I don't know if it was that tournament or maybe a year later or a couple years later. I don't know. Chance was one of the last guys to wrestle in college opens when he wasn't in college because then they shut down that rule for a while Let's see if we can get a yeah i, I say I seventh chance... grade 
But now I'm like second guessing myself. But I'm pretty sure he wrestled a college open in seventh grade. Someone can definitely prove me right or wrong. Probably most of all chance. Looks like it was eighth grade. Weak. All right. Any updates on Jaden Cox's weight <laughs> decision? Maybe he could announce on flow. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. I think Jaden's mind is. Uh, I don't think his mind on what weight he's going is changing. Necessarily, I think he probably knows at this point. But I think he's just gonna like show up, just like be. He's like, okay, I'm at this weight. I'm 86, and you'll find out when it happens. Now I'm curious, how soon does he have to announce such a thing? Is my curiosity. Again, whenever the deadline is for uh, Olympic trials, which will probably be mm, the day before. So he could literally, dude. That'll be. That would honestly. I hope he does it. I hope he can honestly keep it under wraps the entire time. And then we don't know. It's. I, I think it's great. How cool. Is, what a huge story that's going to be when he does, like, go whatever weight he does. All right. Well, I would hate it. I kind of love I wanna it. I want to know. I want to talk about it. Wait. When would. I'm sorry. We'll talk about it. When would, when would we have to know, by? I mean, when, when would. What tournament would he have to go in? Does he have to go in any tournament? He's in the trials, so he can okay, just like. Okay, he's in the trials. I do not want to. I do not want to find out what weight Jaden Cox is wrestling at the Olympic trials on the day of weigh-ins. I don't want it. I don't want that. No one selfishly. Wants that. I no one want wants it. that. I think it's. I think it'd be interesting. Bracky, do you want that or not want that? Uh, how bad do I want it? Mm, medium bad. <laughs> I could go. I could go both ways here. Well, I would like to talk about it, but well, I also would love uh, a surprise. So I'll say I want a medium bad. Medium bad. Chance Marcella went one and two at the Nittany Line Open. Who did he beat? Tom Reynolds. From where? Unattached West Penn Virginia. State. Oh, Just kidding, Tom. <laughs> from West Virginia. Uh, no. No, I wouldn't know. I want to talk about. I want to look at matchups. Cedar Cliff. I want to analyze. You know, if it's against Kyle, I want to be thinking about that matchup for two weeks going into it. If it's against, you know, well, I want to think about Kyle. both matchups. I want to think about both, both of, them. of them. Talk about them both, and then it'll be this great, great surprise. Okay, so no, I don't know. I still think in my heart of hearts, he's going down. That's what I think's happening. Yep. Gene Parmesan. This is a little sad. Uh, on death row, you choose blank as your last meal. Let's say it's not death row. We don't have to be about to be electrocuted. No, no we gotta be this. because no. we gotta be dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it has to okay. be death row. Look, here, here, here's you, the thing. If you asked what, choose one meal you can have right now. Just, just make it or. Death row, it's gonna be the same thing. No. No, because here's the thing. It means, you so, say, much, it means so much more. Yeah. When you <laughs> say gun to your head, who you picking, right? Things change when death is on the line. <laughs> Which is why okay, you want to be in charge of the flow bathroom bandit. Well yeah. I'll lead. If it was, you know, just a meal for today, like uh I'll probably go ribeye, right? Or like uh lamb chops or something like that. Right, because it's keto friendly. However, death row, I don't have to worry about I don't have to worry about health anymore because I'm gonna die in a couple minutes. Get me some fried chicken. So here's what here's my vision. 
I want a little of I've, I like so many things, right? This is this is already crap. What? No. <laughs> this is already gonna be it's crap. My, I can it's tell. my final meal. I can have. There's not. There's no rule. There's surf and turf is a combination of meats. I want various meats. I want a little filet mignon. I want a little shrimp. I want. I bet they'd put a lemon on you. <laughs> I'm not in prison. He wants them to take the prison system. He wants them to take them to the hibachi house. <laughs> I want so a little steak, a little shrimp. Okay. I want to start the meal with a nice watermelon, some some nice fresh sliced watermelon. Okay. A good a chicken, uh, a fried chicken leg and a wing. A slice of really real good New York. I can listen. It's a, it's officially a meal if I can eat all of it. If I can eat all of it, then it's a meal. All right. I know, but I want, this is dodging the question. This is completely dodging I the want question. Bit, one bit, this is my meal. This Meals? is crap. This is this it's is not a meal. This is crap. It's not a meal, dude. What this is, is this? A, this is a hodgepodge of your favorite foods. Yeah. <laughs> You're just not. listing your favorite foods now. If I okay, if I go home and I make all those things, that's my meal. That's dinner. Just because it doesn't conform, you to make you make this these things often. <laughs> I I do. I could. This, this is a common. There's, this is a common. <laughs> there's nothing prohibiting. Wednesday me night. From doing it. That's a flaming yawn <laughs> shrimp and New York pizza night. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. New, a New York <laughs> slice. God. A New one New York slice. Some mashed potatoes <laughs> and then only one dessert. I just want some uh, of uh, Katie's peanut butter pie. Oh my god! Right. So, Okay, what if, for the sake of... Uh, also, to, chili. A bowl of chili. <laughs> <laughs> you, first of all, you're not eating... Now you went overboard. You're not eating all that. A so cup of chili. A cup of chili. You're right. You guys got to worry about heartburn? <laughs> okay, all so... Right, for the sake of Christian's response, though, let, let's, let's make it a dish. What dish would be your last dish before being electrocuted? Hang on. There, <laughs> there might be... <laughs> CP might be onto something because producer Caleb Blakeman just told me that John Wayne Gacy's final meal was a bucket of original recipe Kentucky Fried Chicken, French fries, twelve fried shrimp, and a pound of strawberries. See? Okay. Well, listen. John Wayne Gacy was a serial killer. Number <laughs> well, one. Number in two, this scenario, we're on death row. Me. We're death row. We did some stuff. Meal. We That's killed a, people. A, I mean, <laughs> you went to the buffet at Silver Legacy. That's what you did. <laughs> you didn't have a meal. All right, Willie, I'm with you. I'm doing just one thing, and it would be crabs. Oh, so, what a horrible way to go! All that crabs. work, D Duncan, and no. I would do um, chicken parmesan with a nice side of spaghetti. Okay. Yeah, it would that be, is one. That's one dish. Whole that's pasta. Fun. Yes, that goes together. A whole pasta yes. would be hard to top. Not a, be a good. Seven course meal. My, they can they can put it all in one big. I plate. hope one day you're on death row. And you <laughs> yeah. have to make this decision. <laughs> CP asked him to go to Golden Corral and stop at every station. Yeah, you can get it at Golden Corral, but you can't have it for your last meal. Give me a break. Listen, I'm designing my last meal. This is what I want, and I think I'll get it too. Pound of strawberries. Pound of strawberries. <laughs> How many, I mean, I he love, was a messed up person. So that that's makes, a lot of strawberries, yeah. though. I love strawberries, but I can't imagine a, a pound of strawberries. They're very fibrous. You would fill it up. I wouldn't want to fill up on the strawberries. He need all that. A bucket of chicken. He he might have been big. All right, were you gonna say something else, Willie? What is yours? No, I mean ribeye. 
ribeye would be my meal now. Death row, I'm looking at fried chicken or some sort of pasta. Okay. Wow. So in Florida, the final meal can only cost up to forty dollars, and it must be able to be prepared locally. Well, good. I, I good. Good. I, I buy local. Forty dollars. Listen. Well, you're out. You're out, CP, with your flaming yawn, your pizza, make your shrimp. All right, like, that's okay, more than forty dollars. Toss a sirloin on there. I'm team sirloin. Willie knows this. I like a nice sirloin. Willie always makes fun of me, like I'm some. Uh, some well, why would you get sirloin if you could have a ribeye? But well, hold on. I don't like ribeye. Uh, this is throwing me off. It must be prepared locally. What? What can't be prepared locally? Damn <laughs> dish that has to be flown in. I don't know, from, dude. From Seattle. I'm looking now. I'm looking at famous. Oh, people. The only locally. chef that can pull this off is is in uh, Topeka. Now I'm looking I'm at the last meals <laughs> of people that were <laughs> executed. Timothy McVeigh had two pints of mint chocolate chip ice cream. What? Timothy McVeigh should have just got a punch in the face. Well, I he got the yeah. I think the the legal system got the last laugh with so Timothy. This guy got Kool Aid. Got some Kool Aid. <laughs> oh my god. Now that. That's the most disturbing thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Kool-Aid for your last meal? Well, that, no, it wasn't. Like, you had steak, fried chicken, cherry Kool-Aid, pecan pie. But. Steak and fried chicken. See, they're doing what I did. You know, with yeah, the, uh... that's... No. I'm an innovator. These guys, <laughs> great minds. <laughs> <laughs> You're a serial killer. <laughs> Crap. Uh, officially not. But thanks, Gene. That's a good question. Um... Ted Bundy went with breakfast, steak and eggs, hash browns, toast. I'm not mad at that. Not that is not, not bad. Choice. Ted, you made some mistakes. The, uh, you went out on a high note. <laughs> Actually, you went out on a bad note, but right before the high note, bad went note, out on a, high note. The people at Jerry also drank Kool-Aid for their last meal. Oh, my okay. gosh. Oh, That's, God. <laughs> all right, we'll move on now. Sorry. How about, <laughs> You're how a about, serial killer, too. Dang it, Nomad. Christopher Brooks. <laughs> a Reese cup and a Dr Pepper. <laughs> oh my oh god, my that's gosh. called Bracky's breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Bracky's breakfast. That's you're you're right. Yes. All right. Uh, feel free to chime in All with right. some more of those Bracky. These are funny. Um, speaking of Kyle Bracky, Brock Desert wants to know how much time Kate Bracky will take off when baby Al is born. Well, we uh, we did we planned this out uh, we actually earlier. Did. I guess we should tell the people I'm moving back to content. Ooh. My marketing days yeah. are done. I'm coming back to the content team on fluorescent.org. You yep. guys will probably not notice a single difference, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you will. He'll be writing some great well, articles. He'll be as soon as we drop, uh, as soon as we drop premium r- diaper rankings. Premium diaper rankings. <laughs> you know, they'll probably we you out for a few years. Yeah, put you back home. Um, along. Yeah, they stole. We stole you back. It was a reattack. So we laid out the plan for that transition yesterday and uh cp gave me a full one day off mm-hmm. don't ever say <laughs> i'm not a i'm not a giving manager and no you know what the funniest part about that is though so we go <laughs> we go yesterday or no two days ago at 1 30 we had this meeting just like planning out bracky transitioning from marketing to the content team it was me and colby and joe so i was drawing i drew a timeline for like the transition, but it started like when he was born and when he was hired. It's like, it's a total joke, basically. Like when the baby's born and then that he, so like on November 6th has a day for the baby born and over, November 7th he comes back and then November 23rd. It's been up on the whiteboard 
for over 24 hours. I didn't see this morning if it was still up there, but it's like the most common meeting room. Everyone's been in there, and this stupid timeline of Kyle Brackey <laughs> is just sitting up there. It's really mm -hmm. funny. I'll, how, does I'll it, how does Colby feel about this? Is Colby? I'm sure Colby's sad. Well, I'm still going to be working yeah. football. You um, can't take Kyle, but so far away from football. Yeah. Um, you can't get this guy All off right. the field. So he um looks like a day, but no. Kyle, when, after he experiences the miracle of childbirth, he'll return when he's when he and Olivia are good and ready. We have a, it's a flexible situation here at Flow Sports. He could he could really take the company for a run if he wanted to. Kyle Brackey's probably not the type, but he could. What is what does Flow give now? Like six months paternity leave. <laughs> Basically, well, you know, I tried to email HR about this yesterday because <laughs> I hadn't told anybody, uh, <laughs> and then they just didn't respond. So things are going well. <laughs> like, wait, when's the baby? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't know. He could. He could take. He could take months. I plan on taking a sabbatical during folk style season. That's not gonna be good. Just, uh, it's not gonna happen. Some people do that here. Yeah, some people do do that here. So. Yeah, no one on the wrestling team. Okay. Yeah, crap. <laughs> no, Caleb Blakeman or CJ, whoever Blakeman. is hovering over the button, we're ready to go. Hey, we got Blakeman tomorrow. We got Blakeman tomorrow. Guys, we got Blakeman. Alien hours. I don't know if you've ever seen Caleb Blakeman in the flesh, but you will tomorrow. You've heard so much about him. But now it's time. He looks like a... I'll give you a little teaser. He looks like maybe he was uh, like a trapper, like a trapper in like Wyoming. <laughs> he is from Wyoming. He's from Wyoming. Um, he's trapped game before. I'm certain of it. I don't yeah. know it, but I'm certain yeah. of it. So he's got a, a, a vicious alien hour that he's ready to share with you. So we'll be back tomorrow. Three straight days, a three-peat. We're excited for that. We'll continue to count down. We'll have Wisconsin, Ohio State. Iowa, Penn State are the, the next teams to come. Maybe we'll circle back and hit Michigan. Yeah. We didn't talk about Joey Silva this entire show. Cornell. Oh, my God. What a travesty. Um, so we'll talk about Silva. At least you guys' name out there today. We're also we're pretty thick in NCAA uh, previews. Space 141 is up so today. Thick. I'll be have 149 tomorrow. Noon, watch the Joe Russell story at noon. Joe Russell's awesome. And yeah. I know we ran the, the flow film a couple days ago. But I think you guys should watch this one as well. I think you should too. Joe Russell's an awesome guy. Crazy story. Bananas. Check that out. And remember, Ohio State Wrestle, we'll remind you tomorrow. But yeah. we're going to remind you also right now. D1 Wrestling returns tomorrow live on flowwrestling.org. If the Buckeyes wrestle. The, the Buckeyes. Bu That's right. Is this a wrestle-off Scarlet, the Scarlet and Gray? Is this a Scarlet <laughs> Gray Invitational or wrestle-offs? That's right. Oh, my gosh. We'll work to get clarification. We're, we got to get clar clarity here. Uh, while we get clarity, you guys have a good uh, Wednesday. See you Thursday. Later. <laughs>